It is one of the best sporting days of the year. It is the first real day of March Madness. We have 16 games uh, starting off in uh, just about two hours or so from right now. Games will be starting and they'll be tipping off about every 30 minutes or so. We'll have some situations where we have multiple games going on. Heck, even Milo's up and ready to rock and roll this morning. He's ready to go. We're going to be all fired up today. We're going to be here with you every thir- uh, every morning the next four days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. If you need some help filling out your bracket, don't worry. We actually have a full bracket breakdown that you can go check out. Uh, we also have it in podcast form if you uh, subscribe to the BTV podcast anywhere you get your pods. Fellas? Lots of work over the last few days, but now is the time. So today what we're going to do is we're going to go game by game. We will talk about where these teams are in the brackets and everything, but we will really discuss a lot more about the betting, the lines, as we have a a big contest going on right now over at Better Than Vegas. We've got the March Madness uh, capper contest where we have 64 of the best handicappers from all around Uh, locked up against each other in matchups. So I've got my list of plays all ready to rock and roll. I cut my promo last night. I was a little little like tweener. I wasn't full heel. Tried to get a little baby face in there. A little bit of both. Biho, your team rocks and rolls today. Let's start with you here, my friend. Uh, Let's start with Michigan-Colorado State. This is the first game on tap. It's always exciting when this game tips off in just a little bit. And this is going to be a a close game based on what the – point spread in the projections say Michigan here about a one one and a half point favorite against Colorado State over under 136 and a half tell us what your thoughts are on this game yeah I mean it's going to be tough to follow up that game last night I mean the only thing that's going to save it is it is the first game today so people all eyes will be on it um I mean it's a coin flip game like you said I I I tried to break it down in a hundred different ways to find something that just stuck out to me and the only thing that really stuck out is just the difference in strength of schedules these two teams have had over the year. Uh, Michigan's a little more battle-tested. I don't believe a whole lot in Michigan, but you know what? I locked it in at Michigan minus one. I'm going with it. I know they're starting point guards out. Eric will tell us all about that in a minute, but at the end of the day, I think the Wolverines roll. So, Eric, uh, that's an injury that you were letting us know a little bit about. Uh, tell us about your handicap on this game, Michigan and Colorado State. Um, well, let's look at it. Michigan started out, I believe they were ranked top five nationally to start the season. But the season, they've just been so inconsistent. Um, point guard play has been lacking. They really haven't been able to hit the three. And their defense has just been awful. And when we look at Colorado State offensively, um, they shoot 49% from the floor, which is 12th nationally. They're 36% from three, which is uh, 60, 62nd nationally. And they got this kid, David Rodney, who's um, he's 6'6". Six, six, he's a big boy. And he's going to be able to battle Dickerson underneath. And also, two fifty. He's, he's a little chunky. Um, yeah, he's a big boy. And also... <laughs> hey, don't hit on the shovel, Wumpus, bro. <laughs> he, he could shoot... Uh, 46% from three. So he's going to be able to draw Dickerson out. I really think he's going to be able to get Dickerson in foul trouble. And Michigan's really lack when Dickerson is, isn't on the court, especially on the offensive end. Um, you know, no starting point guard for Michigan. Um, their point guard play hasn't been good to begin with. So I think that's even going to add to their offensive efficiencies. And let's face it, from start of the season to now, Michigan's been awful defensively. 
and they're playing a good offensive team. I like Colorado State here, and that's a big statement. They were up huge against Indiana, and what did Indiana finish in a 31-11 to 11 run? That screams to me bad team and, more importantly, bad coaching. I like uh, Colorado State here at plus one and a half. See, for can, me, can, we not, can we not chalk Shane anymore the rest of this? Like, we like a good chalk. <laughs> no problem. We'll, we'll, we'll do our best. For me, uh, Eric, I sort of looked at this game slightly different. So we've got Michigan uh, 17 and 14, 13 and 18 against the spread. They committed this game 5 and 5 in their last 10, and they've literally alternated wins in every other game win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. Um, Colorado State, they're 25 and 5, 14 and 15. They come into this game uh, 8 and 2 in their last 10. What I, I sort of like, and at least in a couple of my games today uh, that I'm going to be picking a couple of first-round matchups, these teams that's where Eric was going that may have been projected to be pretty good at the beginning of the year and then have had kind of crappy seasons, I actually don't mind them in tournament time because it's almost like a second lease on life. You get to start over. Just getting here and getting through some of that, you're sort of lucky. So for Michigan, it's kind of funny, right, because – Michigan was supposed to be a really good team. And now all of a sudden, if they win two games, everything that happened this year is kind of forgot. It's it's sort of funny. And talent-wise, they have someone who might be able to be the best player on the court sometimes with Dickinson. I know, Eric, you were kind of using this angle a little bit with Richmond in their conference tournament, just sort of a team that maybe is a little bit better. There's Maybe there's a little bit of a good team still in there somewhere. I'm not quite sure what to do with Colorado State in our um, – BTV game. I went the other way here in our uh, in our BTV contest where we have to pick all of the games here because Leo, I don't exactly know. You know, Colorado State they beat Creighton, St. Mary's, and they beat the good teams in their conference. They're sort of a really experienced team. They've got three juniors and a senior that play a lot, and they've been at Colorado State the whole time. They've never transferred. They they know the program really well. They got a couple bad losses on their page, too. They lost by 30 to San Diego State, by 20 to UNLV. Which way are you going in here? Realistically, you should probably just stay away from this one. It's probably the best bet is not betting this one. Um, but for the contest, I ended up rolling with Colorado State. I mean, I've been a fan of the Mountain West all year. I'm with Eric. I love the fact that the Chunkawanka can definitely help with uh, with Hunter Dickinson. Um And honestly, Michigan's been so up and down this year. It's hard to trust them in a big game. Uh, so I'm going to fade them here. I'm going to hope that they get bounced. And, uh, yeah, I'm kind of surprised Colorado State's the underdog, to be honest. After the way that Michigan choked in the Big Ten tournament, I'm really surprised Colorado State is the, is the underdog. That just tells me the public's all over Michigan. So fade the public. Give me the underdog. Give me Colorado State. The movement in this game has been mainly with the total. Total opened around 140, dipped back down to around 136. And now we're seeing on uh, Nitro betting, it's it's back to around 138. So just something to keep an eye on. That number has moving, uh, been moving around a little bit. I will say we have three extremely competitive games as the first three games of today. Uh, all three of these games, the point spread is like within two to three points at the most. Next game up is a game that is uh, probably one of the more talked about first round games. Providence, South Dakota, believe this is the shortest point spread that a number four seed has ever been favored by over a number 13 seed in NCAA tournament history. And there's a reason why this South Dakota state team is legit. They have won their last, uh, they are 10 and 0 in their last 10. In fact, you want to, 
you want to dig a little deeper and you want to expand that even more, they've won 21 straight games. They are number one in the country in field goal percentage. They are number one in the country. And when we talk about in the country, when when, when uh, all the rankings and like the metrics that I'm using, these are based out of 360 teams. This isn't like a 15, 20 team sample size. They are number one in the country in three point percentage. And Eric, what makes them extremely impressive is not only are they number one, but this is a stat I've repeated on a couple different shows, but it's a really impressive stat. There are only two teams in the whole country that shoot over 40% from three. And, and one of them shoots 40.1%, literally just over the margin. South Dakota State, they shoot 44.5%. It's nuts. The difference between the first and second place team is like the difference between the second place team and like the 50 or 60. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. It's nuts. It's insane. Um, so look, I knocked – I locked this in right when it came out at uh, plus three. I've been hyping this South Dakota State team for like a couple months now. They've won 21 straight. Um, like Gino said, they they can just shoot the ball. They're number one in effective field goal percentage, number one in three-point percentage. They have five guys that shoot over 40% from deep, and they have actually have two guys that shoot over 49% from deep. So they can just shoot it all over the – all over the place. And it's an interesting matchup. Providence definitely has the advantage in the interior, but at the end of the day, I know they're the public dog. I know everyone on their aunt is on them and the line has moved a lot, but I think San Diego state gets it done here just you know because what? they have so for many much, weapons. And for as much as people have been on them, it hasn't mm-hmm. moved that much. Yeah. Right. I mean, well, I mean it opened moved. up at three. It, it's dipped down to like one and a half, two. So, I mean, that is kind of like a decent sized move. Yeah, again, um, like compare that to like the Murray, you know, like the San Francisco yeah. game. That one flipped a lot. So this game, yeah, yeah, I, I, I would have thought with as much buzz and like the number, but there's probably some of the bigger players that still came in on Providence with a little bit there to even things out. But yeah, I, I, this is the one that everyone's buzzing about, man. This is yeah. and it's that's and nervous. Then, everyone's talking. And then also like another reason why I like them is they have been in some close games. They have been battle tested on this 21 game running streak. Um. Noah Fidel, who was the summit player freshman of the year last year. Um, we don't know if he's going to go. He's been battling some off the court issues and he's one of their better players. And this has all been happening with him not there. I like San Diego state. I lock him in at three. I think they get it done in advance in the next round. Leo Providence and South Dakota state. We've got a uh, South Dakota state who enters this game 30 and four, 17, four and one against the spread. You've got Providence who is 25 and five, 17 and 13 against the spread. Providence is uh, a team that I've I've been waiting to sort of target to play against a little <laughs> bit, Leo, because there's one particular thing that when you're you, you know you're watching them and you're like, damn, it feels like this team gets really lucky. You know, I keep watching them and I was thinking that over and over again. But they actually have a metric on uh, Ken Palm <laughs> and some of the others that's called the luck metric. And Providence is the number one ranked team in the entire country out of those 360 based on luck. They've got the benefit of the doubt late in a lot of games. The ball has bounced their way. And then just based on their schedule, they ended up winning the conference because they had three games canceled. So they didn't have to play as many games as everybody else in the conference. So they had a higher winning percentage. And a couple of those games were pretty tough games. They were road games that they ended up getting canceled. So, uh, Leo, where do you stand in this Providence-South Dakota State game? South Dakota State, South Dakota State, South Dakota State. No questions asked. 
best shooting team. I know that there's so much money piling in on the the Jackrabbits, whatever the hell their mascot is. But you know what? This team can shoot the lights out. Providence has a goddamn horseshoe up their ass that will end today. There's a one way that Providence is going to win that game, and it is if that little punk, Jared Bynum, goes off for 30, which he has done every time I have bet against Providence this year. So the only chance Providence has is if Jared Bynum goes bananas because that little prick has loved to fuck me this year. Go South Dakota State on the money line, too. Beho, where do you stand in this game? Providence, South Dakota State, the 4-13 matchup over in the uh, – where are we at here? This is the Midwest, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, I got to be honest. I've been one of those people looking forward to fading Providence uh, for, for a few weeks now. You all said everything that needs to be said about South Dakota State and what they're ranked offensively. Um, do you have their adjusted defense ranked right in front of you, Gino? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, 223rd? Yes. Yeah, um, they don't play defense. So if they don't hit shots today, I mean, Providence is going to get layup after layup after layup after layup after layup. Um, teams that don't play defense, I don't like to play them, especially come tournament time because a lot of these teams come out. We saw it all through the first four games. These come, teams come out a little tight. It takes a little while to get into the rhythm. If Providence is getting layups while they're missing threes, they could find themselves in a deep hole early. Um, everybody else is zigging. I'm zagging here. I'm taking uh, Providence and uh, laying two. Beho, if you are right, and I hope it is the guy that uh, Leo mentioned, uh, Bynum. I'm in one of those player pools where you draft yeah. the players, and I didn't want to, but nobody picked the Providence guys, and in the fourth round, Bynum was still around. So I figured, you know what? It's a four seed. They are actually favored in this game. And even if they lose, maybe I can get 25 to 30 from him in a game that plays against a team with no defense. Right? And that's the thing, point, too. It's like they play no that. defense. He can very easily get 30 today and, and, then, and, and not even bad an eye. Lose or get, you know, get a big score and continue on. But I'm not, I haven't been high on them, but it was funny. I ended up getting stuck having to pick him in one of those players' pools. So that's, uh, that's game two. <laughs> Today, Providence, South Dakota State, one of the more interesting games on the menu today. We go to Memphis versus Boise State. This game has kind of been in this vicinity, right around the, the three or so range. So we've got Memphis, uh, who comes in here 21 and 10, 15, 15 and 1 against the spread, right down the middle. You've got Boise State, 27 and 7, 18 and 15 against the spread. They're 8 and 2 in their last 10. Both of these two teams are. Let's start with you in here, Beho. We kind of laughed. We made fun of Penny uh, a <laughs> couple months ago. He was. We've apologized profusely yeah, since. <laughs> we have. He was ripping the media. He looked like an absolute joke. It was sort of embarrassing how unprepared some games and some weeks his team would be. He was making excuses all the time. And then all of a sudden, you know what fixes a lot of things? When you just winning. start winning, you start winning. <laughs> Imani Bates went down, and Memphis since then has been the number two ranked team in the country based on Bartovic rankings. Only behind Gonzaga during that stretch, they've been that good. They have been twelve and two, a very solid defense, number thirty-two overall. I think Eric will probably hit on one of the uh, pro uh, one of the problems for them though. It's their turnover rate, which is very very high, twenty two point nine, almost twenty three a game, which is number three hundred fifty two in the country. 
I lean Memphis in here. This number is starting to creep, started to creep up a little bit, went from kind of two, two and a half. Now we're up to three. I, I just don't know exactly some of the, like Boise State, Colorado State. I'm a little concerned because do we know how good some of these conferences were? They were sort of graded very high. But if they're not, we may find out quickly that all these teams playing against each other, maybe they weren't all that good. I'm, I'm not sure what to think about that right here as a Boise team. They started three and four. Um, it's being looked at a strong conference this year, and they were good there. Terrible free throw shooting, though. If this game is close, they are 65%. They're one of the bottom 20 teams in the country in free throw shooting, 346. So in, in close games, I'll probably lean towards the team that's better in that department if I feel like they were uh, evenly matched. Which way do you go here, Beho? So, so I'm with you here. Uh, like we gave Penny a lot of shit. They started winning um, and get back on track. And I, I got to tell you, this, again, metrics are close. It, it appears like this is going to be close, like the line says. The strength of schedule gave me the nod for Memphis a little bit in this. Also, one thing, and typically I hate when people say this entering a tournament, like, I like to see a team get a loss before the tournament. Because, look, only one team wins this. So even <laughs> – yeah. there's been plenty of teams that have lost the game before they're coming into this tournament that aren't going to win the tournament. However, when Memphis kind of got on a roll, they're a young team, maybe got to their head a little bit, and they needed the Houston to bring them back to earth. Houston, who they beat twice earlier in the year, yeah. right? And Houston had so, a little bit more added incentive to want to beat them, a little revenge yeah. factor. And and that coupled with the fact that Memphis is young and maybe they got a little too big for their britches, if you will, I, I think that may have tightened them up a little bit for this game. I'm rolling with Penny and Memphis. I'm laying the three there and going to the next one. Eric, sell us on Boise State here. Um. Well, you guys kind of hit it in the head ever since um, Bates and left and Penny won that tirade. Some metric systems have Memphis as one of the top teams in the country. They're 12-2 and two sets that point. They have the big man who's going to be one of the top picks in the NBA. But Boise State has three guys over 6'10 that they can throw at them. Boise State is fifth nationally in defensive rebounding, finished top in the conference in offensive and defensive rebounding and at the end of the day memphis they turned the ball over the fifth highest in all of the ncaa 23 percent of the time their possession is ending in a turnover now i understand that boise state you know struggles for the three throw line memphis struggles too they're only 266 in the nation and memphis fouls at an insanely high rate 250th in the nation so i mean i'm just looking at everything you have a, one of the better defenses in the tournament you have a team that is very Sloppy with the ten, uh, sloppy with the basketball. I'll take Boise State. I just got a, I just got a notification. It ticked up to three and a half. I just locked him in at three and a half. Leo, Memphis, Boise State. Where do you go in this game? We got the uh, the eight nine matchup. This one's over in the West. Winner of this game will go on to play Gonzaga. I mean, this is another game, right? Where it's it's a 50-50 matchup, guys. In the 50-50 matchups, I'm rolling with the underdog here. And you know what? You can actually get a halfway decent price if Boise State on the money line at uh, plus 142. I'm leaning toward them, man. I mean, they're really good defensively. We talked about Memphis. They underachieved early in the year. Then they overachieved in a fairly bad conference later on in the year. And Boise State, I know it's the Mountain West. I know it's not a power five, but the Mountain West has four teams in it. It was really solid, man. 
Um, so I'm looking at this Boise State team, and I'm rolling with it. I'm content rolling on the money line, plus 142. Okay, Boise State for Leo and for Eric. Me and Biho will go the other way with Memphis and with Penny. We head to one of the number one seeds, one of the teams that's a little bit banged up, but I got to say, nobody is talking about Baylor right now. Like, nobody. And for some, you know, valid reason, Eric, right? Baylor um, didn't look good in their conference tournament, and Baylor had Baylor sort of feels kind of like Houston in that it's been really impressive what they've done just to get here. So you can understand why some people aren't, you know, filling Baylor all the way into their final four or have them winning the whole thing, but they still have a lot of talent and they're, they're still likely going to be the better team, at least through their first weekend uh, against the teams they play. Do you have any strong opinion in this game and sort of what are some of your overall thoughts in this Baylor Norfolk state game? Um, This is Norfolk state's second trip here. They were there last year. Um, they actually are second in the nation in defensive field goal percentage. They have a great defense, but at the end of the day, their offense offense just stinks. I actually think it benefited Baylor from losing. Like you said, they are a little banged up. They have a little bit of extended rest. This game is only 90 minutes away from their campus. Um, and I was talking to this guy, Brad, basically taught me anything, everything I know about gambling. And when we were talking earlier this morning, he made a very interesting comment to me. He mentioned how the Big 12, all their teams play that pack, pack, pack it in defense. And how when Oklahoma played Missouri State, they were a lot more free-flowing with their offense just because the quality of the defense in the other conferences isn't as good. So that's something I want to monitor moving forward in this tournament. Um, I didn't play anything for the contest that we're running on BTV. I locked in the under just because I think Norfolk's going to have a hard time scoring. Leo, what are you doing in this game with the, the first of the number one seeds getting into action today? You know, I went back and forth. It's another game I'm actually going to stay away from. But for the BTV contest, I ended up rolling Norfolk State plus the 20 and a half. I mean, I look at the Baylor team, and I know that they're solid defensively. But, I mean, I just haven't been a huge believer in Baylor this year, especially the way that they lost in that Big 12 tournament. Like, they did not look right. They're obviously going to get through. They're going to win this matchup. Then you have Norfolk State. I mean, again, you're not talking about a great team as a 16 seed here. But they're coming in. They're feeling good. They're decent enough defensively. I think this is going to be a slow-paced game. Um, I kind of like the under-137, but I ended up just taking the points here with Norfolk. Yeah, they're they're a little bit – I think they're feisty enough to keep this game in the number. They're a fine enough team to not get blown up. Yeah, it's that, that's all we need here. I mean, or a team that's oh. going to be within 25 and can get you a little backdoor late. Go ahead, Leo. This is the perfect example. It's a just don't suck special, Gino. It's, it's your just don't suck special. Don't I love suck. it. Don't need that much from Norfolk. <laughs> just don't suck. Uh, Biho, what are you doing in this game? <laughs> so it, it's interesting. Yesterday was actually the 10-year anniversary of Norfolk State upsetting number two seed Mizzou as a 15. Oh, um, yeah. With, which was very funny. I, I've got a buddy that lives in St. Louis and has to deal with a lot of Mizzou fans, so he really loved that that year. And, of course, we all know who won the tournament that year. Um, so back to this game, look, I mean, Baylor's stuff is, is – their metrics way better. They're obviously the better team. They play the better defense. Norfolk can't uh, score, as Eric said. I, I think on Ken Palm, Norfolk is a hair luckier than Baylor. But uh, 
the luck of the Irish on Paddy's Day ain't helping them today. I, I took Baylor and laid the 21. Yeah. Milo. What's up, Milo? What's up, Milo? Say what's up, guys. Say hi. Pop oh, he wants a pop buddy. He wants a pop tart. That's what he's. Yeah, saying. I want a pop tart too. What kind of yeah. you want? You're gonna go be a good boy. Go hang out with Grandma with Nanu today while Daddy has some it's nice gotta drinks. Got to be a strawberry, okay? right? Yeah, no, it's yeah. got to be brown no. sugar cinnamon. Be a good boy. No. Be a good boy. Okay, so strawberry uh, all day, bro. Yeah, yeah. Your taste is. Uh, we got. We got. Yeah. Actually, what's nice is that uh, Nanu, my my dad. I'm I'm the brown cinnamon sugar myself, but my dad will go get like the big uh, variety pack. combo packs that'll give you like four of every one or like a pack of every one. So we got the blueberry, the strawberry. I think we got the cherry and the brown cinnamon sugar a little bit. We've even got the little minis, the little Pop-Tart bites that they Ooh. have now too, which are Ooh. pretty much dangerous. See you later, buddy. Bye, Stephanie. So uh, yeah, they, they got out nice and early today. So Papa can kick back and have uh, his mimosas uh, open it up and then go hang out with some of the guys in just a little bit. Norfolk State, 24 and 6, 17, 9 and 1 against the spread. They've been good over their last 10, but this is going to be a tough task for them against Baylor, who, even with some of their struggles and their injury issues, 26 and 6, 16, 4 and 2 against the spread. And remember, this is last year's champ. They don't have Cryer, they don't have JTT. Um, but last year, they blew out everybody. All six of their tournament wins were by at least nine points. Nobody was even close to them their entire run through. So they are the defending champs. Let's see if they can get the job done and defend that as we move along to uh, our next game. We go Tennessee versus Longwood. Tennessee, kind of quiet. I mean, people were talking about Tennessee not getting the best of seeds, but looking at the brackets and stuff, I don't feel like I've had – I feel like a lot of people are on Arizona in that bracket in the South and not as many on on Tennessee, but not a bad spot for them. They play a Longwood team where they're favored by 18 over under in this game around 133 here. Leo, let's start with you in this game, Tennessee versus Longwood. I went back and forth. I'm not betting this oh game. Um, Jesus Christ. I, I was leaning back and forth, man, and just it's a lot of points. It's a lot of points against a team that just doesn't, they go through these spurts where they don't score they for don't, six minutes. They don't overwhelm you offensively, right? Yeah, that's the thing. Because yeah, Eric gets on this lot. There's no chance that they lose this game. 18 yeah. points is a lot of points, Beho. Yeah, no, and I, I agree. I understand what you're saying. But you have to realize they go on scoring droughts against very athletic SEC defenses. Yeah. Long yeah. yeah. Leo? So uh, which which is so your lean is leaning Tennessee, but you're just not sure which way to go. How do you end up? I'm leaning Longwood here with the 18 points. Eric, which way do you is go in this game? Is everything good here? Yeah, you're you're oh. echoing. You're, you're just a little echo, but you're okay for you're okay. I'll be back, uh, Eric. I'll where do you back. go? Um, I uh, I hate both teams. Uh, <laughs> Providence. Everyone talks about Providence as being lucky according to shot quality and everything. Longwood's right up there too. Um, they've been extremely lucky according to that metrics for shot, shot quality. Um, they don't turn the ball over that much. Only twelve a game. Tennessee does have an elite defense. I love Tennessee's defense, but you know I've been harping on it. These big numbers when they have these scoring droughts where they can be four or five minutes. I mean, in our contest, I took Longwood plus the points, but. I mean, I would I would never bet this game or bet it with anyone else's money. This is just a pure pass for me. Yeah, I mean, I um, 
in my our little our little players pool draft that I uh, I told you I was in. I've got Kennedy Chandler and uh, Zakai Ziegler. So I hope Ooh, that they I like that a lot. I hope they could. I like their spot. I think you know they have an opportunity to win a couple of games, and get through there. So uh, Tennessee does pretty well, and those guys score some points. I could be in good shape. Beho, what are you going to do in this game? Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of like Eric. Look, I, I mean, I'm not betting this game. It, yeah. it is a lot of points, but uh, it, I mean, I took Tennessee in the contest. I mean, Tennessee is a far superior team. They're going to cut to the basket and get a ton of easy buckets, their guard play. You, you just mentioned Ziegler and uh, Chandler. I mean, those guys are great. Vescovy's going to drill some threes. Folky's going to be in there flopping. It's, I mean, Folky actually matches up athletically with Longwood. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. if that's the case, I mean, Tennessee should dominate this game. I, I can see Tennessee struggling again when they face more athletic teams, but today against Longwood, I'm not buying Longwood at all. I'm taking in Tennessee the, and laying the 18. In the BTV contest, which uh, we have to pick every game, either a side or a total. So for for our the BTV contest, so every game on the slate today, I actually went over because I think the defense of Tennessee is really good, but that might have built that line down a little bit too much. I think they shouldn't have a problem scoring against Longwood here. And at Longwood – I think maybe even late in some garbage time can uh, can get on the board. So I ended up going over uh, the 132-133 number there uh, in the Tennessee-Longwood game. And I've got Tennessee uh, – I've got Tennessee getting past Villanova. I've got Tennessee into the Elite Eight against Arizona. So uh, I've got Tennessee making a little bit of a, a deep run. Longwood, one of those teams that – they're a pretty good three-point shooting team, as uh, I think Eric was alluding to. They're one of the better three-point shooting teams. They're sixth at shooting 38.6% from three. So um, Tennessee, Longwood, that's the four, uh, the three versus 14 over on the south side. Over on the south side. West side, strong side. Left side, strong side. Little, little titans there as we get to yeah. – so I want to make sure everybody was awake and ready to rock this morning. I am pumped. I'm uh, trying to combine, thinking about the last four or five days, how many total hours of sleep there are. Probably in the like five, is in the in like the five and a half range. But this is what we live for as sports fans. This is our time, March Madness. This is when all the work uh, comes together here as we get to Iowa versus Richmond. Eric, start us off on this game, Iowa. They're a very hot, kind of buzzworthy team right now. They just won the Big Ten tournament. Iowa comes into this game, and because of their success, they probably moved themselves up from maybe a six or seven line up to a, a five spot. They're the five seed in the Midwest, so they play a Richmond team that has some experience and a pretty good story. They brought a lot of guys back to try to get to this point. I really want to take Richmond here, but my concern is their legs because they did play like Brian was was talking about last weekend. They did play, I think it was four days and four nights. Now they have a quick turnaround playing one of the earlier games on Thursday. Um, their weakness all year was defense. They couldn't check anything. Then in the A-10 tournament, they put it together. Teams are averaging, I believe, like 62.3 points per game. Um, they're a veteran team. They like to shoot the three. But I'm a little worried if they're going to be able to keep up offensively with Iowa. The way to beat Iowa is if you have a big and to defend the three – and Richmond really doesn't have those in the contest. I feel like I, the number is a little bit inflated with the plus 10. Everyone has a little recency bias seeing how Iowa did. So for the contest, I did Richmond plus 10 and a half. 
but in terms of my personal betting, this was this was a pass. Yeah, you've got a, an Iowa team that uh, is the number two ranked offense in the country. Very efficient offense, but the problem with them is they are the number 77 ranked defense in the country. Their defense is just not national championship level defense. They are a team that, you know, you could see a very good version of them and you could see a bad version of them. A lot of the times they're going to have the best player on the court with Keegan Murray. They come into this game 26 and 9, 22 and 13 against the spread, 9 and 1 in their last 10 against the Richmond team, 23 and 12, 17 and 18 against the spread, 7 and 3 in their last 10. Leo, Richmond, Iowa, where do you lean in this game? Rich, what? Uh oh. Oh, you're cracking up. No. Uh oh. Uh oh. Yeah, you were crackling a little bit. You were snap crackling and pop like those Rice Krispies there. So let's get over to you, Beho, for this game. We got the uh, the five twelve. Every year, people are, are wanting to pick a couple five twelves. We know that yep. we always get the five twelves, the six elevens. There's usually going to be one or two of those. Um, is this the one? Tell us a little bit about your thoughts on Iowa and uh, Richmond here. So I got a feeling where Leo was getting ready to go with this, and, and this is why I love Leo, and I can't wait till he comes back so he can say the exact same thing I'm going to say. Um, he's going to take Richmond here, and he's going to tell us because whatever, and I with this, and yada, yada, yada. The same reason he took South Dakota State is how good their offense was, even though they play no defense. Iowa has the second-ranked offense and plays much better defense than South Dakota State. Yeah. But he's going to take the upset here because Iowa doesn't play defense. You watch and see. I, on the other hand, am going to roll with Iowa and say that their defense is good enough to get past this Richmond team. As Eric said, their defense wasn't great until the A-10 tournament where they needed to win to get in. They did do that. Um, the 10 number is a little big for me to bet personally. I did take Iowa in the uh, in, in the bra in our contest. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Go ahead, Leo. Floor's yours. Iowa, Richmond. How, how do we sound? Very right. good. Very Got a good. question for you guys. Yes, sir. Rich, what? See, <laughs> I told you. So what are you? Why are you? Why are you going to kick their ass today? You know what? Fade Iowa. They made this great run into the Big Ten tournament. Their legs are going to be exhausted. This is the hot pick. Everybody's all over it. We see it every single year. Don't fall for it. Richmond is a veteran team. What? Chalk me up for the first win of the year, boys. I think yeah. I called that one just exactly what he would say. Hey, Leo. You know, let, let me ask you this: While you were gone, I basically said you were going to say that exact same thing that you just spit out of your mouth. You just took South Dakota State a few games ago because they have the best offense in the country and their defense ranks in the 200s, right? But they're going to win because their offense is so good. Iowa here has the second best offense and a much better defense. No, hey. timeout. No uh, timeouts here. You're so going back. The difference between the two is Iowa played late into last week, okay? So I, I also, like that reasoning, at least the legs. You know that yeah, that's a good take. Also, Richmond played Providence, four and four. Providence is different, my dude. Providence has had a horseshoe up their ass. Providence is not that good. South Dakota State is very undervalued here. Richmond, nobody's betting Richmond right now. Everybody's all over Iowa because you're talking because nobody likes spiders. Spiders can go to hell. What? The Spideys. Those Spideys are scary, man. The but, uh, itsy bitsy spider went up the water suck. spout. Although, say Spider-Man. Smash those spiders! Smash those spiders! 
Um, I like – I'm leaning Richmond here, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit why. And you know what? I, I might say that in diving into this Richmond team, sort of watching them last week, and Eric was uh, was on them, I, I, I like them a bit. I kind of – there's a couple teams I was mentioning that I feel like getting to the tournament for them, a few of these teams, I'm going to sort of give them a clean slate. Like Richmond coming into this year was supposed to be a little bit better than they were. And for whatever reason, they had a tough time staying consistent throughout the year. But when they had to lock down and they had to win their conference tournament in order to get in, their experienced team did so. Seven seniors of the 11 guys that have stepped on the court this year for them, their top six rotation guys, five of them are seniors. And the really cool story that I like uh, when talking about Richmond, their basic, uh, like their number one contributor, their major contributor, Grant Golden. He is a senior. He's a sixth-year senior who actually collapsed on the court as a freshman back in 2016, 2017. He underwent a heart procedure. He got a medical redshirt, and he's played for four years. And now he's got the opportunity to play in an NCAA tournament game. I think that team is going to be pumped. I think they're experienced. I think they've got a new lease on life just having kind of slid into this um this tournament when it didn't look like they were going to be. So I'm leaning Richmond. I locked in Richmond to actually win the game and I got Richmond plus the points in our BTV contest. So I have them moving forward in uh, a little quarter bracket in the Midwest there that I actually have a 12 versus a 13. I've got Richmond, South Dakota state. I think Leo does too, right down there in that, in that 12, 13. So, um, so yeah, it, uh, it, by the way, suck it, Beho. <laughs> Second Biho. Biho. Uh Biho and Eric will be uh on the Iowa side just moving forward uh in their brackets there. So big spread, Gonzaga versus Georgia State. Number one seed, Gonzaga, Biho. Um don't think you have the upset here, but do you have uh what do you have as far as the, the contest? What was your approach for this game in the BTV contest where you have to bet one side or the total? No, Gonzaga covers these first round games by 30 points every year. This is, there's no point in even wasting time. Gonzaga laying the points. Eric, what are you doing in this game with the Zags? They are your number one seed up in the West. When the bracket was coming out on Sunday, before it came out, I had teams that I was looking to fade and no teams I was looking to back. They're going to be a lower seed and, Georgia State was one of them. I was really thinking they're going to be a 14 or 15 seed. I would have loved if they would have played Duke first round because I would have I would have actually had them to upset Duke. They've had a lot of injuries, a lot of COVID issues. Uh, three dudes that average over 10. They force a lot of turnovers. Uh, they're good defending the rim. I think they're going to be able to handle a Gonzaga inside. I was really hoping to get 25 here. If I would have got 25, I would have took, uh, took Georgia, Georgia State. But, you know, it's a pass for me in the contest. I did uh, Georgia State plus the points. Leo, uh, big number here. What, what are you doing in this game? Huge number. But I kind of like Gonzaga here. I mean, you have Georgia State that's not very good offensively. You have uh, Gonzaga that's going to go up and down the floor. This is the kind of team that can actually cover 23 points. That being said, a little worried after what I saw against San Francisco, and I know San Francisco is way better than Georgia State. But Gonzaga was up by a lot of points in that. They kind of took their foot off the gas. Next thing you know, San Francisco ends up covering that. I don't want that to happen here. You should probably just stay away from this massive spread, but gun to my head for the BTV contest to beat veteran picks. Yeah, I'm going Gonzaga. Gonzaga, Georgia State. You got Holmgren. You've got Drew Timmy. You've got three losses for a Gonzaga team that were all to tournament teams. 
And uh, they're all to teams that are seated in the top six lines in the tournament too. So um, for as much kind of crap as we give Gonzaga, they actually did play a pretty decent schedule in their out of conference this year. It's just the week in week out schedule stuff that I think doesn't wear on them as much as others. For some of the reasons, like we've said that Georgia state is at least decent enough to maybe keep this game close. That number is so huge that, I mean, I didn't want to be locked into the number either way. I actually went with the over here. I went over 148 because we know Gonzaga is going to be able to score. And I think Georgia State, as Eric was hitting on, they didn't feel like a team that should have been a 16. I thought they could have been a 15 seed very easily when you sort of compared them around. So um, I think they'll be able to at least keep this game from being a 30 or 40 point blowout early. And if they do, that game will hopefully get over the total here. Gonzaga, the number one seed, they're going to get their day kicked off a little later on. We head to uh, an 8-9 matchup, North Carolina versus Marquette. So we've got Marquette comes into this game 19-12, and 16-15 against the spread. North Carolina 24-9, and 16-16-1 against the spread. So based on the, the Vegas metrics, these two teams are like average. You know, like based on the betting lines, they are covering half the time. They're not the other half of the time, right down the middle. Leo, what do you do in this 8-9 matchup with UNC versus Marquette? So this is the 8-9 underneath Baylor in the East. Uh, so this one's fairly simple. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I've been talking about it a lot today. 50-50 matchup. Give me the dog, baby. A lot of people are on North Carolina. I'm really not sure why everybody's on North Carolina here. Um, again, it's a 50-50 matchup, and people just keep betting Carolina. It's like the $5 average Joes are just showing up, taking North Carolina. Give me Shaka Smart and his ridiculous hair in Marquette here. Yeah, I, I don't know if enough people realize it. And, and again, it, it, it may not matter if they end up winning – Four or five, you know, four games today, three or four games, and then win a couple games. But the ACC wasn't very good this year. It really was not from top to bottom. And so I don't, the top teams from the ACC, I'm, I'm just not very high on. North Carolina, I think we're looking at them and you dig into their schedule. So, I mean, early on, they've got losses to Purdue and Tennessee. They beat Michigan. Okay. They got destroyed by Kentucky. Okay. Uh, what else did they win on their, their their Duke win? And that was a win where it's weird, right? That was, I don't want to say an easy win, but that was a game for North Carolina where there was no pressure on you whatsoever. You're playing at Duke for Coach K's final game. You're not even like a part of it. You're like a pawn. It's like in, in wrestling when you can tell there's a, a, a match between someone who's just like not even part of it, right? There's a championship match and the other wrestler is just part of the storyline. They're just there. They're like the pawn, the placeholder. That's what North Carolina was in the Duke final game with Coach K. And it was, it was more about Duke, I think we're seeing. Duke didn't look very good throughout the ACC tournament. I'm not ready to like elevate North Carolina all that much here. I think with Marquette, they're a little bit more kind of tested a little bit more seasoned when I dig into them and what they've been able to do. Um, Marquette does have a couple bad losses, but I feel like they will have the best player on the court here with Justin Lewis, the star freshman. Uh, let's get to you, Eric, for this game, North Carolina. Gino, sorry, God, can we go out of order here? I, I need yeah, to. Please, we're, we're like we're like Adam Schefter, and me and Leo are going to have to mute, so we'll let you two finish this one up and then start the next one. Um, 
<laughs> a lot of go, a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. Um, I'm going to be quick. I took UNC. I understand their average. Marquette's very average. I've been a Shaka Smart fan forever. But at the end of the day, I love the big man Baycott. This pace of this game is going to be outrageous. I love it. I'll be watching the hell out of it, uh, hoping the Tar Heels pull it out. As uh, North Carolina is eight and two in their last ten quietly. Leo, what do you, uh, Leo? You you lean to Marquette, right? You already you already went. I did. I did. I'm going Marquette on the money line when we're betting this. Eric, finish us up here with uh, with North Carolina and Marquette. The key number for this game is ten. In games where Marquette has hit 10 10 threes or or more, they're eleven and one straight up. But uh, it's important to remember in the ACC tournament. North Carolina reminded everyone how poor defensively they are. North Carolina has a huge advantage on the glass. Uh, Marquette's one of the younger teams in the tournament. That has me a little bit worried. Marquette fouls a lot in terms of foul rate in the Big East. They were toward the bottom of the conference. UNC is very good making three throws. They made 70, 77% of them leading the ACC in three-throw percentage. Plus, they're also good at drawing a lot of fouls with how they play. I didn't have any play in here, but because of the contest, I uh, I went the over here. So if I have to play it, I'd play the over. Over for Eric. Uh, yeah, I'll lean Marquette in the, uh, in the contest play here, and uh, you can get Marquette now all the way up to about uh, plus three and a half. So this is that 8-9 uh, that matchup to see who's going to go on and play Baylor. We uh, continue along. We move up to UConn versus New Mexico. UConn is the number five seed over in the West. They will play New Mexico. The winner of that will play the winner of the Arkansas-Vermont game that we're going to talk about in just a few. So, uh, Biho, you want to start with this one and uh, talk a little bit about UConn and New Mexico State? Yeah, uh, I don't have a lot of – to be honest, I hate this matchup uh, on the point spread. I think some people are, are trying to talk people into betting the Aggies here. I like UConn. I'm laying the six and a half going to the next one. One point I like to uh, mention with UConn is uh, Sonogo. When, he been, when he's been out there, he's really athletic. He is an incredible rebounder. And they are able to recover 39% of their missed shots when he was on the court. They are the number one offensive rebounding percentage team in the nation. And when you dive into their schedule, they have one of their losses, which was to Providence, was when he was hurt. Kind of, again, building on the Providence. Right? Like one of those Providence luck things. It's like, oh, yeah, one of the better players for UConn's not there when they play him. It just all sort of adds up there. Um, New Mexico State, I – they're a pretty good basketball team. I just couldn't quite get there. Eric, I think you have some uh, some good points on New Mexico State, though. So tell us a little bit about them. Yeah, I uh, I took New Mexico State plus a six and a half. I also took them at plus 240. Um, when you look at UConn's body of work, they've been great at home. But, I mean, they've had some clunkers of performances on neutral and away games. Uh, New Mexico State is the 18th best offensive rebounding team in the country. They rebound 76% of their opponents' misses. Um, They're 35th in the nation in three-point defense, 25th in the nation in field goal percentage defense. If UConn looks to get out out and run, they're 16th in the nation in uh, transition D and 15th in the nation in rims at the – in rim protection defense. Um, 
They also have the uh, advantage in three throw rate. They do it to the free throw line a lot. Uh, both teams are going to look to run a real slow pace while doing that. That's going to limit the possessions. And the key thing that stood out for me is the way New Mexico state plays is they like to do a lot of off the dribble, dribble, dribble up threes. UConn per shot quality is outside the top 100 defending that. So I think New Mexico state's going to be able to hit the three in a game that's going to have limited possessions. I'm always going to take the dog. I locked him in here. Plus a six and a half plus a two forty. So New Mexico state for Eric and, uh, Leo, finish us up with this one. UConn, New Mexico State. You know what I'm really enjoying about these shows is the moments that I get to go right after Eric. And Eric says everything that I want to, and I can just piggyback off Eric and say, he nailed it. Give me New Mexico State. That's what he said. Um, so we got a New Mexico State team, Leo, that's 28 and six or 26 and six, 17 and 12, seven and three against the spread. And then UConn, seven and three in their last 10. Not a great against the spread team, 13, 18 and one, 23 and nine. So you're on the, the New Mexico State side too. Did you play them uh, spread or and did you move them along in your bracket also, Leo? So I, I played them spread. I think UConn's going to win this game. I'm really pulling for New Mexico State, too, because all the UConn fans are, like, so damn annoying around here. And it's that time of year in New England when the UConn fans start coming out. They're like, yo, go Huskies, go Huskies. Hey, Biho, you know who's a UConn fan? Oh, Biho's taking a – Biho's going to take a phone call. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Fuck you, too. Um, no, all right. Give me Mexico State plus six and a half. UConn will advance. New Mexico State for Leo. Let's get Sorry, it. the boss was calling. No, no problem. <laughs> no problem. And uh, the other boss is calling. Beho, Kentucky versus St. Peter's uh, over under in this game around 132. The total, uh, the spread was around 18 or so. So Kentucky, 26 and 7 this year, 14, 18 and 1 against the spread, 7 and 3 in their last 10. Then you've got St. Peter's, 19 and 11, 19, 9 and 1 against the spread. Eight and two in their last ten. Tell us how you feel about this game today, and what did you do? Did you lay the the points in the contest with Kentucky? Oh yeah, I figured. Oh, yeah. I wasn't sure if you played the total or something. It's like any, anything under twenty here is an absolute gift. Um, you know, I mentioned Norfolk State and the ten year anniversary of them beating Mizzou. Um, the final four this year is in New Orleans. Ten years ago, it was as well, and uh, Kentucky cut those nets down. So uh, we're going to run it back. And, you know, last year we had probably one of the worst teams in the history of Kentucky and uh, missed the whole tournament, won nine games. I mean, unacceptable by any terms here. And, uh, look, Cal's on a revenge tour, buddy. We're burning the baskets down this March. We all know St. Peter is the worst apostle this is uh, – he was horrible. This team's horrible. Kentucky rolls for fun. They could play – it's a good thing. This will probably be the only minutes any of our bench players get the whole tournament. But uh, Kentucky will cover the 18 and uh, I know, we'll be Peter, waiting that next matchup. I was going to say, Peter, he doesn't come off well, you know. Yeah. He, he really doesn't. It's like – I'm a big Paul guy. Yeah, I was gonna, it's like, Peter, you were there, man. You saw a lot of this stuff going on, and you still – you still let it happen. You're supposed to be the guy. You're the guy that the church was built on afterwards. Come on, yeah, man. man. I just expected a little bit more from – Step from it up, you. Peter. Come on. But uh, we will get to Leo. Leo, Kentucky, St. Peter's. What are you going to do in here? 
Kentucky's just way too big. Uh, Kentucky's going to dominate. Kentucky's going to do whatever the hell they want. Kentucky can pick their score in this matchup. The only thing that scares me slightly is that Coach Cal is usually pretty respectful of teams and doesn't want to blow them out of the freaking water. Um, so that worries me a little bit. But in reality, Kentucky should cover this game without a problem. The thing uh, I really like about Kentucky and one of the reasons why I've got them going deep into my bracket, uh, Eric bet Kentucky earlier in this year as a future. Brian's obviously a Kentucky fan. He's high on them. And I know Leo's high on them too. Is, you know, one, you look at the bracket. I think it bears very well for them. I sort of see them as kind of the, maybe the true number one seed there. I, I like them a little bit better than Baylor. And then two, this feels like the first time they're healthy all year long where we really don't have to worry about a lot of injury issues for them. They had only two players on their roster playing all 30 games, Grady and Oscar Sheebway. And other than that, it was like, ah, Wheeler's out, tie ties out. You got a couple in and out throughout games, and they were back in, and there was another issue here and there. Now you've got a full complement. I think they have an upside that maybe a lot of the other teams in the tournament don't have because we feel like when you've seen these other teams full complement of players throughout, you sort of know how good they can be. With Kentucky, you dig into a lot of their losses, and you can make pretty legitimate excuses for them. So um, Kentucky, they shot kind of quietly shot 37% from three in conference play. You know, when you think about this team, I don't know if you would put Kentucky up there with some of the more overwhelming offenses, but they are number four in offensive efficiency. They're an incredible offensive rebounding team. They're fourth in the country in offensive rebounding and they're very good. They don't shoot a lot of threes. Uh, but that's why that 37% in conference play was huge because they're incredible inside the arc with the size they have. If they're going to hit their threes at a decent clip, they are going to be extremely tough to beat because what do you do? How do you not pack down low and then you leave someone open if they're hitting them at a, just an above average clip, you're going to be in some serious trouble there. So Eric, I mean, I couldn't really get away from Kentucky here today. I, I don't lay big numbers very much, but in this contest for BTV, we have to pick one of the sides. I did end up laying the, the number with Kentucky. What do you do in Kentucky, St. Peter's? Um, you know, I have no play. Uh, St. Peter's is 17 and four against the spread in their last uh, 21 games. Um, I just, they're, they're actually pretty good defensively. They like the press. Uh, it is worth noting that Kentucky against the press was in the bottom 10th percentile. Uh, I just don't think St. Peter's has enough athletes, though, to hang on and really do anything with them. I took Kentucky in the contest, but no play. That is worth mentioning. They are a, a very good defensive team. St. Peter's is a, a top 35 defensive team based on adjusted uh, defensive efficiency. They're actually sixth in field goal percentage, but this is going to be a, a lot different for a St. Peter's team that's been dealing with the likes of Manhattan and Fairfield and Monmouth. Yeah, this is this is not a, a Monmouth. <laughs> I got to tell you, I hope they press us, guys. If they yeah. press us, it'll just be dunk after dunk after dunk. So we're uh, moving from Kentucky, St. Peter's, to St. Mary's and Indiana. Indiana won the play-in game in order to uh, get here against St. Mary's. St. Mary's, uh, an excellent defense. So you've got uh, – a number that's around two, two and a half or so over under 126 and a half. Eric, I think you had St. Mary's going a few games. Tell us uh, a little bit about St. Mary's and uh, if you like them in this spot today. Well, first of all, that game finished at 1130, 1120 p.m. 
Eastern on Tuesday. Um, the charter plane that Indiana had wasn't big enough to fit the whole team. So they did not leave Dayton until 4 a.m. They got into Portland at 9 a.m. And now they're having to play in the NCAA tournament less than 36 hours later. For That's that's a tough turnaround for a bunch of college kids. Um, I Now you look at this. Uh, St. Mary's, they play a really slow tempo. They have Tass, who matches up extremely well with Jackson Davis. I think he's going to be able to get Jackson Davis into foul trouble. And we've seen how much Indiana struggles when he's not on the floor. Also, um, they're really good at defensive rebounding. They're one of the better defensive rebounding teams in the country. I think they're going to be able to keep Indiana off the uh, off the glass. And the way you beat the St. Mary's team is with threes. And Indiana is just not that good of a three-point shooting team. In terms of first-round matchups, St. Mary's couldn't ask for a better matchup. Plus, you put in the tra- all the travel issues that Indiana had. I like St. Mary's here. And also, you know, you guys speak about experience. Um, St. Mary's has a kid on their team that's been there for like six, seven years. I mean, they're, they're a really experienced leading team. I think just think it's a great matchup. I locked in St. Mary's minus two and a half. I'm going to go the other way here. And, you know, I, I sort of talked about it earlier in the season. I'm not quite sure what to think of the, the WCC and the Mountain West. And they got really, really highly regarded this year in a lot of the metrics and a lot of the rankings. I mean, just when you look at Ken Palm and net rankings and stuff, St. Mary's is 16 in Ken Palm. St. Mary's was really highly regarded. I mean, they're a five seed. That to me just feel it kind of feels a little bit weird that they're a five seed. Um, the, the way that I would like to like attack a St. Mary's team would be if they were playing a younger team that was maybe super athletic and a team that, uh, you know, was, you know, not let, like, I actually think Mike Woodson's done a really good job there with Indy. And I, from size on paper, St. Mary's has the big man to match up, but I don't know if that big, like, I like that St. Mary's big has been able to face Timmy and Holgren, but I think this is a different kind of big from Indiana. I, I don't, I think he may be a little bit too athletic for the guy from St. Mary's. And if he gets in some trouble early on, they don't have much else to go to. That's sort of the the matchup that I'm going to lean on. And for me, this has been a, a, you know, I've been a little anti-St. Mary's for a while. I, I know they've got a fantastic defense. They're top 10 in the country in defense. Eric was mentioning they're a really good defensive rebounding team. They're a good, solid basketball team. They kind of remind me of one of those mid-majory teams that you wouldn't want to run into in round one if they were a 12 and you were a 5. And it was flip-flopped and you were overlooking them. And they were just going to be really solid. I don't know about teams like this who kind of come in as the favorite, as the more highly projected team. Um, I'm a little worried for them. I'm leaning Indiana. I played Indiana plus the two and a half. And uh, I locked that one in myself. Leo, where do you go, St. Mary's, Indiana? Indiana, like him a lot here. I like him on the money line. I like Trace Jackson Davis. I mean, he's legit. I know you guys talk about how St. Mary's has faced Timmy. They face Holmgren. That's nice. I mean, it's it's not great. Um, I this St. Mary's team's not that great. All right, stop with the five seed nonsense. Um, you know, we talk about Gonzaga and how Gonzaga gets all this praise and blah blah blah, and but they don't really play anybody. Uh, look at who St. Mary's has played. Who the fuck St. Mary's beat that they deserve a five seed? Get the hell out of here with that nonsense. Uh, Indiana's gonna take them to the woodshed today. Love Indiana. 
Indiana. Uh, how about for you, Beho? Well, um, you know, St. Mary, I'm sure she was a sweet lady. I've got an Aunt Mary, and my grandmother's first name is Mary. All sweet people, I'm sure. Terrible at basketball. I mean, the mother um, of enough, Jesus, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Forgot about her. Yeah. Nice. Uh, that's why That's why we, we do this. We got a back and forth. You're there to pick me up. We're a great team. Um, speaking of great teams right now, Indiana's playing great. And, again, you know, sometimes you just fall in love with something. And you just play it until it it kills you. I'm gonna play Jackson Davis until he kills me. That dude has been amazing these past couple weeks. Again, I know St. Mary's has a big Jackson Davis is a different level. I'm like Gino. I think this matchup solely depends on the, this game. Solely depends on this matchup. I'm rolling with Jackson Davis in my money. I'm taking the two and a half. I'm like Leo. I'm taking the money line personally. Um, you know, and if I get beat by St. Mary's big, I get beat by St. Mary's big. And it's not a surprise to see the under continue to tick down. I think it was 127, then 126 and a half, then 125 and a half now, because Eric, these are two teams that are both very good defensively. I think Indiana is like 21 efficiently. So we're talking about two top 25 defensive teams. They both could be struggling to score here. Yeah. And in the half court side. Um, both teams are elite defensively and, you know, that's, and in terms of pace, both these teams like to slow it down. They're not going to be looking to get up and down the floor. And then also, I mean, we've talked a little bit about, um, about tired legs. I mean, how, wh what number game is this Indiana for the week? You know, we got to remember that they could have some tired yeah. legs as well. So, but yeah, I like, I like St. Mary's here. You, you put in the travel issues, you put in the matchups, you put in the style. I'm, I'm on St. Mary's here. See yeah, the here. travel issues could be an issue, man. Those I mean, are that's legit. a great point. Yeah, those are legit. It's a very good point. You hope that some and, – and that's – it is a great point. You hope – And whoever booked that charter, fired. I know. Seriously. You had one job. You blew it. You're just screaming at him. Uh, for me, maybe a guy like Woodson, who's an I get that speech once a week. You blew it. <laughs> um, someone like Woodson who's – He's pretty much done everything on a coaching level, right? Like he's been in a lot of big games in the NBA and a lot of benches there. So he is, of anyone, maybe someone that can lead a team through some hardships and, and overcome them and maybe spin them around. They lost five in a row this year, and he was able to turn them around when it looked like that program was really starting to struggle. They had some suspensions. I think their fan base is probably pretty happy uh, where they are in right now. You know what? It's not a bad matchup for Indiana in a game where – St. Mary's has a great defense, but uh, offensively, they're not incredible. San Diego State versus Creighton. This is your 8-9 matchup over in the Midwest there. So let's start with you and this one, Beho. San Diego State, Creighton over under in this game around 121. Yeah, um, I'm uh, taking San Diego State, and I'm laying the two points. Creighton likes to turn it over. San Diego State, elite defense. I don't think there's much else to be said there. San Diego State is the uh, the eight seed, Eric. They have the number two ranked defense in the country. They are fifth against field goal percentage. Um, they are sixth inside the arc. And they're even good against the three, too. They're, they're you know, a top 35 team defending the three. So defensively, when you play against the San Diego State team, you're really going to struggle to score. And I think why I, I feel like it might be kind of a bad matchup for Creighton is because they may be struggling a little bit without their best player. Um, they've just been, you know, 
having a hard time down the stretch when they get into situations like this without Nemhard. They also have a very good defense. This could be one of those rock fight games where both of these teams are struggling to score in the half court. But I lean San Diego State just because I think it might be a little bit too difficult for Creighton in that half court setting. Yeah, I agree. Uh, for the contest, I did San Diego State minus the points. Um, San Diego State, one of the better te- defensive teams in the country. They're only allowing 58 points per game. And they're fourth in like forcing turnovers. They force a lot of turnovers. Creighton turns the ball over a lot. They're not going to have ne- Nemhard um, in a critical situation, in a critical game where the point spread is low. I'll take the team that doesn't have, that has their starting point guard. I took, uh, I took San Diego State here. Yep, I locked him in also, uh, San Diego State. How about for you, Leo? Finish us up on this game, 8-9. Hey, I said it. I love the Mountain West this year. I love the way that the San Diego State team plays. Uh, Creighton's been up down, too. I know that we saw a lot of good stuff from Creighton. I think that's why this line is only. So honestly, I think it should be around four. I'm taking San Diego State here. I think they're going to lock them down defensively, do their thing. And you know what? I think they're going to make a real run at Kansas in the next round. Yeah, I think – Of all the teams that are the Mountain West teams, I feel like I like San Diego State the most just because I know how damn good that defense is. I feel like that's a defense that some of the other teams, I may have some concerns about them, but that defense will travel. That's the nice thing about defense. Defense travels. Right? Versus a shooting team is that you you have a baseline. You know what you're going to get night in, night out. They may not have enough scoring if they win this game to try to go through and knock off, uh, I think it would be Kansas who they would uh, have to face next, but I think they're very capable of getting through Creighton here as a two-point favorite. Thanks so much for hanging out with us, folks. We've got four more games to discuss on this 16-game slate for opening day of March Madness. Round one, we've had the play-in games, but today's the real, real first day where you've got games tipping off in a little over an hour all the way through this Thursday, and the same thing tomorrow. We'll run it back with you. We're going to start a little earlier tomorrow which is a help to me because I've got another show to stream right after this. I think Eric's going to get to work. So we're going to start tomorrow at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time, and that will give us just a little bit more time to get through everything to get you all set up for the uh, the morning round of games. Let's go Vermont versus Arkansas. This game is sneaky here because, Leo, you've got your hand raised, son. I'm calling on you, all you, my friend. You know what's awesome? You know what I love about working for Better Than Vegas? Do you know what I love about it? We we love to give away money. We have some experts here. And you know what? This it away. That's right. Giving you we money. just give away money, okay? And this is a spot where I make the call. We're giving away some damn money tonight. Vermont, Vermont, Vermont. Arkansas is going to flop their way out of this damn tournament. Pun intended right there for BHO. Give me Vermont to win this damn game. But because BTV loves to give money, as long as Vermont covers, we are giving away $250 in Nitro Cash. So you're going to get $250 to bet the rest of this tournament on NitroBetting.eu because they're the freaking shit, okay? Just because Vermont covers, all you're going to need to do, retweet this show. We're going to have a call to you afterward. We're going to take care of you. We're going to make sure that we remind everybody, all right? We're going to pick a winner right before this game. Vermont, Vermont, Vermont. And you know what? Whoever does win this $250, I'll take a personal thank you because I've been telling you. And make sure you guys bet this on the money line too. Vermont, the Catamounts, boom. Uh, hey, Eric, you think Leah likes Vermont? I think he likes Vermont. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Um, <laughs> he likes Vermont a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about this fire. 
I didn't take him here just because I think this game is going to play out a lot like the Colgate game did last year. Vermont's going to control the first half. And then, um, you know, in the second half, just the pressure defensively and everything, Arkansas is going to pull away. My issue with Vermont is when was the last time they were in a close game? I mean, they basically won every game in their tournament against, uh, you know, what, 30, 39 points. They really haven't been pressured or been in any close games. So I really, I the way I bet, I have a hard time backing teams that they're in that situation um, in the contest. I believe I did Arkansas, but this game is just a pass for me. I lean Vermont here, and I've been uh, I've been fading Arkansas for for quite a while. Um, and and you know, I, I this is a team that I've been anti on for a bit. I, I went through their schedule, you know, and they had this stretch of games where they were really really impressive. They won 13 of 15, but during that stretch, they only made 32% of their three-point shots. Um, During that stretch, they won two games in overtime. They won another game by two. They won another game by one. And then they have a game against Florida where they won by eight, but that was a really deceiving game. They were down six with like five minutes to go, and everything flipped there when Florida started losing their mind with some of their shot selection late. Arkansas didn't have to play at Auburn this year, Arkansas didn't have to play at Kentucky this year. And those were two games that they barely won at home. That would have been a couple more losses on their schedule. I just don't, I haven't been that high on this team. And I've been digging into a lot of the metrics where I think they ball bounce their way quite a bit. It tells you all you need to know that this line is only five. Like Vermont's got a legitimate shot here in this game. Um, I'm leaning Vermont. Uh, I was going to have UConn beating the winner of this game anyways. So for me, this is a great spot to pick an upset in my bracket. And if I was anti-Arkansas throughout a lot of the year, it's a good spot because think about, you know, we're looking at the other 4-13 matchups. We've got UCLA as a 14-point favorite. We've got Illinois as like a 7-point favorite. And then we got this game in, in Providence where – it legitimately feels like these numbers are really close for 413 matchups. So, Beho, you know this Arkansas team well. What are you doing in this game? Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> the Leo had a great one-liner in there, by the way. I feel like we all just glossed over. Well done, Leo. I got to give you credit when credit's due. Um, look, the best thing to ever come out of Vermont's Ben and Jerry's ice cream, okay? It's not these okay. catamounts. So, let's, let's, yeah. get, let's get that straight right off the bat. Vermont. They have been playing well. I get why Leo is hyping them up and all that, but at the end of the day, their defense is not going to be good enough. Arkansas is quicker. J.D. Notek is probably going to get to the rack whenever he wants. Jalen Williams is going to dominate inside. There is abs- this, this is my play of the day. I have Arkansas. I'm laying the five points. This is why we don't usually let Leo pick the props because he always picks losers and we ever never actually give away any money. Maybe maybe tomorrow I get to pick the props so we can try to give away some money. Vermont is 28 and 5 overall, 19 and 13 against the spread, 9 and 1 in their last 10. You've got an Arkansas team that is 25 and 8, 2012 and 1 against the spread, 7 and 3 in their last 10. Three more games to discuss. Let's jump into Murray State. <laughs> versus San Francisco, Murray State. So this game flipped quite a bit, Eric, because you were talking about a key injury issue in this game that we're going to have to monitor for game time. But from everything I was reading and looking at, it seems like San Francisco is probably going to be without one of their key contributors today. 
Yeah, their uh, leading rebounder. I'm not even going to pronounce his name because I suck at pronouncing name. It looks like he's <laughs> going to be a game time precision decision. Uh, Murray State's kind of different. Like a lot of times when people think of these mid major teams that could be Cinderellas, uh, wing plays, a lot of threes. Murray State's pretty physical. I mean, they got some bigs that can go at you. Um, so not San Francisco not having him is a little bit of an issue. Um, San Francisco, they do have some turnover issues. Murray State's pretty good at forcing turnovers. Um, my one hesitation about taking this game is San Francisco shoots a lot of threes. They're they'll shoot it from all over the all over the court. Um, I took Murray State in our in our contest, but in terms of my actual betting, I going to do anything in this game um for the con i know it what scares me a little bit is like just from a, a straight gambling standpoint i didn't lock this in when it opened and it actually opened and and the, the number moved quite a bit because it opened around san francisco minus one one and a half now it flipped to murray state minus about two here you've got the dons san francisco who uh, have not made the tournament since I believe 1998, first time for them getting back in. Shout out to uh, to the Dons who have sort of been continuing to play well for a while, but um, they you know each year they've sort of improved their their squad. They are 24 nine overall, 13 18 and one ATS, six and four last ten. We got Murray State 30 and two overall, 16 12 and one, and 10 and 0 in their last ten. Leo, what are you doing here with San Francisco and with Murray State? Uh, I like San Francisco. The problem for me is that their big guy is – I'm starting to think that injury is way more serious than they want us to believe that it is just because going into that game against Gonzaga, there was a rumor going around that if it was an NCAA tournament game, he would definitely be in. And it sounded a lot more like the coach was holding him back, trying to keep him ready for the NCAA tournament. Here we are at the NCAA tournament. Now we're hearing that he's a game-time decision. It sounds like he's going to play, but it doesn't sound like he's going to play a whole lot of minutes here. That's a difference maker for me. I'm going Murray State. Yeah, Murray State to me, uh, a team that's a, a tough team. I mean, they what I like about them, you, you know, you, you dig into their schedule. They beat a Long Beach State team by 40. That Long Beach State was in the finals of that tournament against Fullerton and actually was the number one seed. They're like, they're not a bad team. Murray State blew them out. Murray State beat Memphis earlier in the year. They played at Auburn and were actually really competitive in that game until late when Auburn sort of wore them down. And then they ran through their conference. This is a good, good basketball team, Murray State. I'm leaning Murray State. I actually think Murray State has a shot to be competitive, as I think Eric was saying uh, in our bracket breakdown, in the game, in the next game against Kentucky in the first half. I think they're good. They're well coached. They win a lot. And then Kentucky will wear them down late and end up winning that game by 10 points or so. But Murray State is feisty. They win. And it, it does show you this year, just sort of looking at the bracket and the seedings that, you know, the old stigma of mid-major teams not getting good seeds, that's over, guys. Or like the lower seeds, like the Mountain West and the WCC and some of them. Like, look at where we are today. We're talking about St. Mary's with the five. We're talking about a team like San Francisco getting in, in it with an at-large bid and being a 10 seed. They're, that was They weren't even like a 14-15, so... Things are changing now, and especially with the uh, the NIL stuff moving forward and in college basketball where all you need is one guy, two guys, and then boom, you could be great. Out of nowhere, you just get two really good recruits, and then all of a sudden you flip your program 
from being not good to good. It's not like football where you need 30 or 40 guys there, right, to be a really good team. It's different in basketball. You can change very quickly. It's cool to see some of these teams getting love. I mean, like right here, we got a 7-10 matchup between Murray State and San Francisco. Both of these conferences normally would get one team only in an auto bid, you know, like not in a situation like this. So cool stuff to see that the uh, the committee is improving with that. Final two games on the slate for us today. Go ahead, B.O. Oh. Forgot, <laughs> forgot about me. I got the, on my the rant. One, the one guy from rant. Kentucky that may know a little bit about Murray. I know. I, was say, I got on my rant there. Yeah, go Cu- ahead. A couple, th- couple things here to point out in this game. I think you guys have mentioned a lot of it. I, I'm not going to just re- – repeat it um murray state crashes the offensive glass very well this team is very good and i I know this doesn't really matter in this game but uh you you mentioned getting a couple good recruits you know who was part of this recruiting class that tevin brown and and kj williams came in on was uh one john morant you may have heard of him Um, imagine how good this team could be right now with tevin brown kj williams and john morant right they would be talking you know three seed at worst um also, Murray State. This game's played in Indianapolis, um, not far from Murray. Uh, Murray is a very college town. That whole town will be a ghost town. They'll all be heading up to Indy for that game because they know if they win this one, they get Big Blue. Yeah. So I mean, that's, that's big to them. We don't it's a play. Great spot look, to there's, be in. there's a reason we don't play them. They want a home and home in the regular season. We don't want to ever go to their place and play for a reason. There you go. They're going to get their shot if they beat San Francisco and we handle St. Peter's. Taking Murray State, I got them at a pick. Eric, uh, I will start with you in this game because in talking with you a few times, I think you're going with the dog in here in the 4-13 matchup, UCLA and Akron. And this is a big number. Um, it was around 13 and a half or so, over under 128. Tell us a little bit about how you saw this game unfolding. I feel a lot of times uh, in the NCAA tournament and people are looking at these mid-major schools, they always look for a team that has won their conference and also won their uh, conference tournament. And because of that, I think Akron's getting overlooked a lot. Uh, They have the MAC defensive player of the year. They're a very stout defensive team. They have three guys over six foot eight and a seven footer. So they have the size that can hang with um, UCLA. Uh, Just looking at their metrics, their top, their, uh, top 60 in field goal percentage they draw a lot of fouls they're actually within the top five of drawing fouls um they're in the top 100 of shooting threes ucla is very weak shooting threes they're not a good three-point shooting team and with the way the both these teams play it's going to be a slow grind out game and you're giving me a team that is a better shooting team than that in, from the floor and from three and yeah i'm getting 13 and a half to me this is a no-brainer i took the 13 and a half Plus, I also sprinkled a little bit on the plus 825. UCLA is a team that I got going uh, pretty deep, actually. I think uh, they have an opportunity to defeat Baylor if they're able to get through a few. I, I like the matchup for them. Um, I, I I look at this UCLA team. I was a little worried about them. Um, there was a stretch in early February where they lost three of four. But since then, they're eight and two. They have wins this year over Marquette, Villanova, Arizona. They beat USC twice. They returned everyone from last year's Final Four. They look a little bit healthier. Um, Juzang's ankle is my real question and my concern. But Jaime Hawkes was incredible in the Pac-12 tournament, and he has been really good over the last few weeks. When they were bad during that stretch, he was really banged up. He could barely stay on the court, 
but he's the type of player who kept wanting to play through it. And I think that kept hurting him because he couldn't really get healthy. He looks like he's healthy right now. Um, UCLA sort of quietly, they're top 15 in offense and defensive efficiency, right? Eric is right in that they're not a very good prolific three point shooting team, but what they do really well is they don't turn the ball over at all. They're fifth in the country in turnover percentage. So you're going to have to beat them. And if you don't play well, you're probably not going to beat them. They just stay in games even when they're struggling because they don't turn it over and they play pretty solid defense. So they have a lot of, like, metric-wise, they fit the template for a pretty good team that would be, I wouldn't be shocked to see make a run with a coach who took them there last year with a team that's experienced from last year and in a bracket that, you know, they're sitting around St. Mary's and Baylor, who I'm not that high on, I think it's a great spot for them. So I've got UCLA here. I've got them winning a few games through this. Uh, I actually lean UCLA. Even though I don't like laying big numbers, I did actually go the opposite way, and I did lean UCLA here, minus the 13.5 for our BTV contest. Leo, where do you go in this game? Not a huge fan of this game, honestly. I was going back and forth, a little worried about Juzang's angle, like you mentioned, Gino. Uh, you know, Eric kind of talked me into it earlier in the week uh, to take – Akron plus the 13 and a half. I was also leaning toward the over a little bit, but Juzang's angle was enough to kind of talk me out of that. When in doubt, I really just roll with Eric here. Give me a 13 and a half. Uh, with uh, Biho, we've got an Akron team that is, what, 24-9, 17-14 ATS, 8-2 last 10. We got UCLA, 25-7, 17-4-1, 8-2 in their last 10. And one of those losses came in the Pac-12 final to a, a very good Arizona team so what do you think about uh UCLA and Akron here I, I mean I feel like every NCAA tournament Gino there's there's one player with a really kick-ass name that makes a run as a Cinderella and Ali Ali fits the bill here right I mean this That's is a name. all name team all yeah, it's gotta be the all name team for the tournament all look I don't think I don't can think we get a Gus Johnson calling that game do we have him on the Ali Ali I yeah. just oh yeah Right. He would, yeah. Be- I mean, in, in the, yeah. So look, I don't have any, you know, belief that Akron could pull this upset off, but God bless. I'd love it if they did. Cause you know how we feel about uh, UCLA's head coach's brother and uh, so forth. And <laughs> always got to get a, get gotta a shot get a in little, when I can there. Gotta get a um, in there. Yeah. Look, I'm not playing this game, but I, I did for the contest take UCLA and lay the 13 and a half. I, I'm thinking like Gus Muhammad would be proud is like as he slams one home. He's just all the different things Gus Johnson will say about Ali Ali if he's got a big game today. Let's get to our final game on the 16 game slate. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. I, I want to show you one thing though before we uh, finish up and get out of here. Uh, Biho, I'm going to pull up. The oldsmokeclothing.com better than Vegas collaboration. Shades on for this because this thing is hot fire. Love this t shirt. I have a couple different old smoke t shirts. They're really, really comfortable. And with, uh, so if you're someone you watched a lot of our shows, we always want to help you out. Everything we do here is free. If you're a fan of, of uh, Leo, of Beho, of Eric, of our whole BTV crew. This is a way you could show a little support for BTV. This is a big help for us. If you purchase some of these shirts, it would be great for us. We never ask you for any money or we never want to charge you for any content. But if you do have a few extra bucks, this would be great uh, help for us. And you use that promo code Gino Beho. It'll save them five bucks on their shipping. So 
We'll even give you five bucks right back and the shirt. How's that sound? Oh, it's great, Gino. And, you know, what I've been pitching to a lot of people that I give picks to, you know, that I know personally, is like, you know, again, we do this for free. Uh, this is the way we bring money in. And again, it's partnerships, sponsorships, you know, doing stuff for certain racetracks as we do like Mohawk. Um, and in order to keep doing this, we need support sometimes. And yeah. this is a time we need that support. You know, if you've ever cashed a bet, I mean, Eric's given away plenty of winners here on cutting nets and, and during our NFL shows, Leo's given out great tennis picks his whole entire life. Gino, you're giving out pick fives and all kinds of stuff. Look, every now and then I get lucky. I was like, guys, I've won. We've won you more than 30 bucks. I mean, if you could just spot the 30 bucks just one time. Hey, all we need from you it's all it's a big we help. we'll and keep giving cool. you all these picks for free for free for free and it's funny we're asking for uh you know for you to purchase this shirt it's a damn good shirt it's a cool shirt you're going to be able to wear it around too and you'll uh will be very appreciative of the support there oldsmokeclothing.com they got a great crew over there use that promo code g-i-n-o it'll get you free shipping on your order Okay, we're going to ship out of here in just a minute after we finish up with this final game. It is the uh, the evening, the late, late game tonight. We've got Kansas playing the winner of the play-in 16 game, Texas Southern. This one is around 21 and a half. Kansas 28 and 6 overall, 17, 16 and 1 ATS. You've got Texas Southern 19 and 12 overall, 17, 13 and 1 against the spread, 8 and 2 in their last 10. Eric, uh, for Kansas... Baji could have left last year, would have been a lottery pick, chose to come back this year, some unfinished business, and Kansas has got themselves the number one seed. And honestly, when you look at their bracket, they probably have the one seed in the bracket that has the most amount of questions, right? Their two seed is Auburn, the three seed is Wisconsin, the four seed is Providence, the five is Iowa. A lot of these teams have some holes that you can dig. Feels like a good spot and a good bracket for Kansas, but what are you doing with this, a big number like this? I didn't do anything this game. If I was forced to play for the contest, I took Kansas minus 21 and a half. Texas Southern has a lot of turnover issues uh, because of that. Texas, It's going to lead to a lot of Texas, not Texas, Kansas fast break points. Um, you know, the game may be tight for the first 10, 10 minutes, then Kansas will pull away. Leo, final game of the day tonight. It's funny. This is one that we're like, ah, maybe on paper it doesn't look that sexy, but this is the last game of the night. We might be down. We might be needing to get a little more action to even up, or we might be up and rolling on over. Are you going to be playing this game at all? Thank you, Eric. Again, once again, Eric nailed it. One in doubt, tail Eric. Had a boy, Eric, 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 Eric. Thank you. Go, Kansas. <laughs> And Biho, finish us up here, buddy. Kansas. Yeah, Texas. I mean, not only not only does Kansas have a Baji, but they have uh, pretty much a James Harden clone in Brown. I mean, they are the exact same player. Um, it's crazy. The step back threes are amazing. Give me Kansas money. It's 21 and a half. And let's go kick some ass today, boys. Woo! Yeah, we, we've spoke a little bit about it. I did think it's unfair that a team like Texas Southern has to play to get in. Right when they were a, a, an auto bid here, but now they're probably going to be a little bit tired. Like they got to play James Harden. Uh, James, the, the James Harden <laughs> reference is going to be great here on BTV moving forward. Texas Southern, in a weird way, had the biggest game of their year the other night, where they were on national TV right off the bat, and now they got to run into a a monster that is Kansas. We're off the rails. I'm going to start popping my mimosas. We're all going to have a blast here. 
on uh, on the first day of March Madness. We can't keep it straight. Leo, Biho, Eric, we've talked for a few hours over the uh, the last week or so. I'll see you fellas tomorrow morning. We'll be right back here at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time, and we'll get you all set up for day two of the NCAA tournament. Uh, don't forget, if you need some help, go to betterthan.vegas. There are videos from a bunch of different handicappers, gamblers there, sharing all of their insights, and oldsmokeclothing.com. Fellas, good luck. We are here. Day one, March Madness is upon us. Eric, you have a fantastic day. Leo, good luck. Biho, good luck. We are out. Flip those notifications on for BTV Bet.